What a great way to wake up. With a cup of logic, reason, and common sense. Welcome to the Independence Morning View. Let's get to it. Good morning to you wherever you are in the world. I'm Johnny Anderson. I'm joined this morning by Bruce Adams. Good morning, Bruce. How are you this morning? Good morning. Huh? Healthy and alive, as usual. Fantastic. Once you get moved, we're going to get you a uh, we're going to get you a dynamic independence mug with healthy and alive on it. That sounds good to me. Yeah, for your tea, of course. You know, because you're not a coffee yeah. drinker. So we will make sure that we get you one of those. Anyway, uh, we have Marty coming up this afternoon. We're going to be talking uh, all things UK. Uh, some audio that you and I ran across from Trafalgar Square that we couldn't make out the other day, but we don't speak English. Uh, Marty does. So uh, we're going to have to have him translate it. Uh, we've also got some other audio coming up uh, this afternoon from members of parliament. And we're going to talk about what the World Economic Forum says we should eat and drink in the coming days to improve our health and reduce our carbon footprint because it's about climate change after all. And I suppose we'll probably talk a little vaccine stuff today as well because we got that coming up. Uh, The UK is getting ready to start that rollout today. So this morning, I thought we'd start with Pearl Harbor Day, right? Today's Remembrance Day. And, you know, I I look at that day and I think to myself and, and where we went because of it, you know, got it. We officially entered the war and we ended up fighting war on two fronts. We fought the European side with the Allies and we fought the Japanese. You know, I asked myself, what the hell did we do it for? I mean, I'm asking that question. And I think it's a question anybody that has a brain in their head at this point needs to ask themselves is what did we do it for? To have a bunch of scum like this turn up, turn up and steal our election and, and steal our freedoms and our rights away from us? Is that why we did it? I said it yesterday when we were talking about uh, the end of the Nazis. We didn't finish the job. This time around, let's make sure that we finish that job. But I don't want to get too down the dumps because we got a lot to discuss this morning. And it starts with aliens, doesn't it, Bruce? It does. And we're not talking about the illegal kind, though I guess technically you could say they're illegal if you want to go that route. No, we're talking about aliens from space. So there has been a prominent Israeli professor and a retired general that both have come out. And uh, the general's name is uh, Hayim Ashed. I'm, I probably skewed the name. It's Middle Eastern. Uh, uh-huh. I'm, I'm horrible with that. But anyway, uh-huh. uh, they've claimed that Israel and the U.S. are dealing with aliens who do not want to be identified because humanity is not yet ready. OK. Um, um, uh, w- now, side side issue to this. We've been hearing and seeing a lot of this uh, UFO stuff in the last six months. And correct me if I'm wrong, but even the Pentagon said that they had contact with something and they don't know what it was. They released that footage. Now, they released another one here a few days ago. Is that the one that was hovering over the Atlantic that I heard about at like 35,000 feet? Um, I did. Uh, to be honest, I didn't look into it because we were it was in the middle of us doing something else. Um, but from the quick look that I had, it they had um, like IR footage, camera footage, all that kind of stuff of the object. So you know, as far as we're concerned, it showed up on radar, it showed up on visual and infrared. So it existed. It wasn't an illusion, a mirage. I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of, 
I'm kind of perplexed at this because I, I want to sit here and say that it's just something else that they're throwing at us to, to kind of throw us off like this monolith thing that's going around, you know, like it's just something else to distract people and give you a little talking point on something and whatever. So, I mean, that that's all that's that I can say on it. Now, I've made my stance on extraterrestrial life clear. Do I believe in in greens or gray skinned whatever? Do, do I believe in that stuff? No, I don't. Do I believe in uh, <laughs> UFOs and all that kind of stuff? No, I don't. But I find it scientifically impossible to think that we're the only sentient life in the universe. I find that impossible. I, I just don't believe that. Now, is that to say that uh, the, the next system over from us. I mean, we hell, the NASA scientists, through their research and their observations, they've seen other planets that are like ours, but obviously there's no way to tell what kind of technology that they would, uh, they would have or if they even have um, sentient life on that planet. But I find it hard to believe that we're the only ones. I, I find it very hard to believe. Now, I'm not being like conspiratorial here or anything or, or getting into the, you know, tinfoil hat stuff, but... I guess just from a, uh, a, a pure scientific uh, curiosity standpoint, I, I like to think that there's more than just us. I, I refuse to believe we're the only ones. Well, if these guys are right, okay, this is some of the claims they have. We've made contact. They've interacted with, with us. We've broken the language barrier. And they have said that they wish to... Um, they, w- they wish to basically coexist and they wish to work together, basically. They've said, um, this journal says, um, uh, let's see here, U.S. President Trump was on the verge of revealing the situation, but the aliens in the Galactic Federation are saying, wait, let people calm down first. They don't want to start mass hysteria. They want to first make us sane and understanding. Oh, I'd they say we're well, off the, we're well off the yeah. map on that one, aren't we? Yeah. They have been waiting for humanity to evolve and reach a stage where we will generally understand what space and spaceships are. There's an agreement between the U.S. government and the aliens. Uh, they signed a contract with us to uh, do experiments here. OK. Um, all right. All right. Stop, 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 stop. All right. Uh, th- this to me. I, OK. I don't believe any of that. OK. Just just to be clear, I don't believe any of that. There's more. There's more to this. Yeah. There, there's, he's made some more claims. OK. They want us, what is it? They want us as helpers. There's an underground base in the depths of Mars where their representatives are, and also uh-huh. U.S. astronauts. Are these the child slave colonies that were supposedly on Mars? Uh, no, that's not what he's alleging. He's alleging this oh. is actually uh, okay. A, a, a so uh, let me get this straight. The, just so I'm clear, they're living under the surface on Mars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And. So now what? So they, they've contacted Elon Musk and they've given him the ability to build his business to create all of this to get us up there to coexist with him. I, I, I don't think he's he's alleging any of that. He's just alleging that we've had interaction with them and the aliens are waiting um, for us to get to the point to where we can accept space travel and all that kind of stuff, which uh-huh. we've been there for, what, 60 years now with space travel and yeah, something like that. So. I mean, the idea is there, but keep in mind, if these are indeed aliens from outside our solar system, you have to understand that these guys are so far advanced compared to us that we're ants. They are two to three hundred years ahead of what we are on our current um, understanding of technology and, and growth patterns and everything. So they could be even further ahead than that. I know we've talked about this before. What's the closest star system to us now? 
Uh, I know we've said it before. It's not Alpha Centauri. It was another one. Yeah. Because I thought it was Alpha Centauri and you corrected me. Yeah. it's uh, No, it's Alpha Centauri, but it's Is a it? certain okay. star. It was a... I, I okay, it's uh, uh, Proxima, maybe. Proxima. Okay, here, here's the, okay. So here's here's the question: Where's the nearest? Excuse me. What's the closest habitable system that we know of? That's an interesting question. Okay, so the closest we found, um, the closest alien planet to our solar system is um, that it's Earth-like from what they can observe. Mm-hmm. Uh, is Proxima B, which is 4.2 light years from here. That's actually pretty so, close. Well, astronomically speaking, yes. But um, when you get into the, the world of physics, um, to travel 4.2 light years, that means you have to travel at the speed of light for 4.2 years well, to yes. get to that location. Okay, well, and, I, I guess I was making a comparison to like the, the radio waves that we get from like oh yeah, yeah. 3 billion light years away or something. Astronomically speaking, that's, that's a really short distance astronomically speaking but when you when you really break it down into our current technology that, that that's uh, we we have the concepts down like the um the ideas uh, for example we've talked about it star trek warp drive you know the the that idea is actually mathematically plausible the problem is is the heat that it generates we don't have a way of dissipating it fast enough uh, to actually do something like that. These aliens could, if this is real, this is the kind of technology they would have to have to be able to travel that distance. But, you know, because warp drive, the, the idea behind warp drive is you're able to travel the speed of light or pass the speed of light without actually traveling the speed of light. It, it, it kind of tricks the, the laws, if you will. Um, matter cannot travel at the speed of light. It's just, it's a law of physics, uh, at least our current understanding of it. Um, so I, I don't know, man, these I, I'm still not accepting of that idea personally. Um, I, I don't think there's aliens there. I, I honestly don't. Um, there's not some. What about even the if face? They're, what about the face? Honestly, the, the chances of, of that just being a um, what's the name? We, we have a name for that where we take inanimate objects and, and espouse a face or, or, or a personality to it. I, I just, I, I forget well, I, you know what? See, this is I, why I, I couldn't work at, yeah, this is why I couldn't work at NASA because I would be over there and I'd say, look, here's 50 bucks, drive that Rover over to where this thing is and let's get this cleared up. Right. Yeah. I'll buy you dinner. Come on. What do you say? Right. Uh, that's and the good old boy West Midwestern part of me right there. You know, yeah, I'll, I'll look, man, I'll buy you dinner. Just let's, let's just have a look. Can't we just take a look? Why and won't they do it? that's what generates the conspiracies because they haven't done it. So it generates more conspiracies like, well, right, maybe that is something. Maybe that's why, you know, they're not going up. Yeah. So, well, speaking of space, uh, I watched the, well, yeah, I told you I watched the launch of uh, SpaceX. Mm-hmm. So a new thing is going to be happening this week. Saturn and Jupiter are going to like cross or something. They're going to be one in front of the other. And it's going to be supposedly, uh, it's going to look like a really bright star, I guess. Right. Mm-hmm. So the Earth Saturn and Jupiter are all going to be in a line. Is that correct? Yeah, basically. So as far as Earth's observation of it, uh, Jupiter and Saturn are going to be lined up to where uh, the light that they reflect from the sun is going to make it look like a really bright star. And this hasn't happened in about a thousand years, roughly. So I don't know, it's kind of a big deal. It's going to happen um, yeah. um, just before Christmas, I believe. So mm-hmm. it's uh, you know going to be around Christmas. So it'd be something to go out, step out and look at. You know, just kind of a once in a thousand year kind of a thing you get to enjoy. Yeah, unless, of course, it's cloudy, then in which case you wouldn't actually be able to, to see it. Well, it'll it'll technically be over 
um, I believe December twenty uh, first is when the pinnacle of this, like the 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 maximum that is going to be the the brightest. But anytime before that or after that, you know, for a few days, you should it should still be visible. Well. If it's cloudy here, do me a favor. Get your telescope out. Take a snapshot for me, if you wouldn't mind. I, I will do it. I'm I'm going to do it. I did that uh, with Jupiter, and I you were you able did. to see three you of the moons. You can see the moons. You can see the moons. Mm-hmm. Like, you sent me a picture, yeah. and I'm like, is that? And you're like, yep, that's what it is. And I'm like, no yeah. way. And yeah. that was with your cool. phone. That was with your yeah. phone. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool. All right. So uh, let me see. we got that coming up. Uh, NASA is considering commercial Mars data relay satellites. I think we even talked about that. They're talking about setting up like a communications bridge uh, using the uh, the type of um, uh, laser technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of stuff mm-hmm. because it can travel at ridiculous speeds. But you're still speed of light. Yeah, you're still going to have the uh, what'd you say? Like, a, is it be like a 20 minute delay or something? Yeah, there's still a delay of a few minutes. I don't know that it was 20 minutes. Um, let's see. Looks like, uh, let's see, three minutes. So yeah, we'll say bad. five minutes. Yeah, okay. We'll say five minutes would be the delay. So if you if you want to send a, a message to someone, it would you wouldn't be able to do a Skype call. It, you would still have to do like um, phone tag, if you will. So you voice currently voicemail. But t- theoretically, if we're able to quantum entangle two particles, which they're playing with right now, if we master that and get that down pat, we could use that for communication between the two locations and have instantaneous communications. So how we're talking now, there would be even less delay between us and Mars. So interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, well, the delay we're looking at here, I mean, we're we're like literal well, milliseconds. I mean, we're connected. Well, we're about the same server. I'm 98. Probably, yeah, we're probably close to 200 milliseconds between the, you know, because I'm at 60 and you're at yeah, yeah. So yeah. So well, yeah. Obviously, I'm I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of going under the Atlantic at the moment. Yeah. And, yeah. Hitting New York and then it's going across the country to you and yeah. 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 And I live out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, a constellation of satellites could serve as a communications relay system for future NASA missions, such as an orbiter later this decade, such as an orbiter later this decade to search for subsurface ice. So they're looking at it as obviously multipurpose. Uh, see, NASA have discussed NASA officials have discussed the possibility of working with uh, industry to place several satellites in orbit around Mars that would serve as relays for other missions. Don't we have stuff that are in orbit around Mars already? We do have some uh, uh, like motherships, if you will, from other rovers. And that's how we're actually communicating with some of the rovers on the surface is the data goes uh, from the satellite to, to our satellite and then uh-huh. it um, transmits down to the rover on the planet. So yeah, the rover doesn't actually have a strong enough transmitter to shoot through the atmosphere to Earth. One proposal at those meetings features three satellites in equatorial orbits at altitudes of 6,000 kilometers. The satellites would be equipped with radio links for communicating with other spacecraft in orbit, like what you're just talking about, and on the surface as well as to and from Earth. Again, communications. I'm assuming they would use the laser technology. I don't know why you wouldn't. I really don't know why you wouldn't. Part of the problem with the laser technology, you have to have a perfect, it would have to be a perfect orbit. And having Mm -hmm. at that distance, like 65 million miles or whatever, whatever it is, if you're off just a micron at that distance, 
you're you're going to be you're going to completely miss. So they'll probably for that kind of a distance, they're probably going to use radio waves. However, they say that satellites may also include laser intersatellite links to allow them to communicate with each other around the orbit. So there they yeah. would use it, but obviously coming back, probably not. Yeah. Yeah. This so you would have fast you'd have internet. To have, yeah. You'd have to have like the, the, the bridge going all the way. Like you yeah. have to do it. Now they're talking about yeah. doing that with the moon. Like they want to put, what was it? They want to put 4G on the moon. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're talking about putting 4G up there. Because, I mean, if they do a colony, this is the thing. If we end up colonizing other worlds, that is going to happen. We're going to have Starlink or, or some system like that orbiting those planets. And um, But the transmission between planet to planet is obviously, obviously probably going to be radio waves. Or they're going to, you know, as I was talking about quantum entanglement, they, they might do something there and, and have a, they'll use laser and radio waves for the planet. But then transmitting between planets might be that other system. So, yeah, probably because it's going to be expensive in the, in the beginning. Yeah, it's just a little bit. But as time goes on, costs come down, production goes up. And that's just the way that it is. All right. Off of space, over to your friend, Andrew Cuomo. Former Andrew Cuomo advisor says that people are, I'm just quoting here. She says people are deathly afraid of him. And he's a total, um, well, we can't say the word. Um, yeah, a-hole. Democrat, uh, a Democrat who worked for New York Governor Andrew Cuomo issued a series of tweets attacking Cuomo on Saturday, including stating that Cuomo had produced the most toxic team environment she had ever experienced. That waitressing for bad customers as she had done or as she had done was an infinitely more respectful environment that people were deathly afraid of him and that Cuomo is a total a-hole surrounded by enablers. Uh, Lindsey Boylan who is running for Manhattan Borough President and worked for Cuomo's administration from 2015 to 2018, according to her LinkedIn profile, was prompted by someone asking about people's worst job. And she answered the most toxic team environment working for, and she tagged, at New York Governor Cuomo. No surprise. I mean... Well, the guy's awful. The, yeah. the guy's awful. I mean, look, if you listen to what's going on in Staten Island, people are out there screaming, Cuomo sucks. They're out there screaming it in the streets. No, no, no. That, having... that, that can't be that can't be right. He has a 70 percent approval rating. Oh, yes. Yes, of course he does. But by the same people that did the uh, the Biden polls, I'm sure. So she goes on to say, Boylan, uh, whom the New York City Campaign Finance Board listed as having been the deputy secretary of economic development for New York State and special advisor to the governor. That's who she was. She wrote, and I'm quoting, seriously, the messages and texts I receive when I speak the truth about this. It's a whole book of people who have been harmed. Don't be surprised. It's the same small group of white people sitting alongside him at every press conference. If you're not one of those handful, your life working for him is endlessly dispiriting. I tried to quit three times before it stuck. I've worked hard my whole life. Hustled, fake it till you make it style. That environment is beyond toxic. I'm still unwrapping it years later in therapy. She concluded by saying, I'm a privileged person. I could opt out and eventually did. I shudder to think what happens to others. It pisses me off so much. Yes, I did not sign whatever they told me to sign when I left. Nope. Uh, by the way, just uh, I went over this chick's um, Twitter. Uh-huh. She's, yeah, I see some um, of her tweets here. She's a progressive. So this oh, is yeah, like I can tell. I can tell. crazy right wing person. Oh yeah, when she's is, yeah, when she's talking about oh yeah, when she's talking about like privilege and and there's a whole bunch of white people sitting around. Come on, lady, knock it off with the identity politics. Yeah, we're past this. Thanks. Gr grow up a little bit. Thank you. Anyway, disgruntled employee, I'm sure. Governor Quote, well, it doesn't excuse the fact that he's a, uh, he is what she says he is. I'll agree with her on that. 
Governor Cuomo, if you don't believe that, listen to this. Governor Cuomo threatens to end indoor dining if the COVID rate doesn't stabilize. So let me get this straight. Because the seasonal flu hasn't bothered to show up this year. Uh, I mean, does Trump even get credit for curing the seasonal flu? No, no, he doesn't. 100 year plague. It hasn't shown up. Can the man get some credit? No, nothing. Nobody. No. Well, because we all know it's a lie. But yes. So indoor dining is under threat from Governor Andrew Cuomo. He said on Monday that he will shut it down if after five days, a region's hospital rate has not stabilized. So let me get this straight. The seasonal flu hasn't shown up this year. Okay, they're not counting it. So every test that they do now, which is all this stuff's based on ginned up PCR tests, all of it. So all of that combined with no seasonal flu means that if anybody comes down with a common cold, you're going to shut society down. That's what that means. And now that you've got the hysteria wound up and you got everybody in this hysteric frenzy, as GP said the other day, what's going to happen? Because we're coming up on flu season. What's going to happen? Everyone's going to be going to the hospital because everyone's got COVID and everyone's freaking out. And they're guess what? They're going to test there. It's going to show positive for a coronavirus and it's going to be off the charts. You couldn't you couldn't have picked a better uh, a better way to do this. Couldn't have picked a better way. Everything's going as planned. Everything's going like they want it. And because you're going along with it out there, it's not going to stop. There's only one way it stops. And I think you know what that is. New York City indoor dining, which has already been restricted to 25% of capacity. 25% of capacity. How on earth are you supposed to have something that, uh, th that makes profit stay open like that? You can't. You can't. You know, I told somebody today this is about because they, they were saying, oh, well, these small businesses, these restaurants, man, they're hurting. I said, do you understand that's what it's meant to do? I got called a conspiracy theorist. Now he's going to do this, not just in New York City. He's going to do this in all the state. So now you're going to get reduced to 25% capacity. Explain to me what a one size fits all agenda actually accomplishes. We tried that. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. We tried that. We went we went that route. Didn't fly. Explain to me how somebody in upstate New York who owns a diner that serves, I don't know, 300 people a day, explain to me how they can now operate in 25% capacity when they've got maybe 10 cases. It's not possible. Daniel Presti, guy we talked about that owns uh, Max Public House in Staten Island, had refused to close his establishment despite numerous fines and legal entanglements. Meanwhile, the running list of restaurants that have closed permanently continues to grow. More than two-thirds of the city's restaurants are predicted to close by the end of the year. Boy, everything's going exactly as they want it. This guy sucks. I don't disagree yeah. with the uh, the lady that um, on her assessment of, of him as a person. I don't disagree with her there. But as far as everything else, and I don't doubt, honestly, I don't doubt the other half of that. I doubt the identity politics stuff. I mean, seriously, get a life. But her attitude of people that are around him that enable him. Well, of course, of course, someone like this has got a bunch of yes people around him. Of course he does. Of course he does. You think it? You think he's going to have anybody around that disagrees with him? Not when he's drunk with all these kinds of power. It's not going to happen. People like that don't have people around them that disagree with them. No. All right, we're out of time this morning. Anything you want to say on Cuomo before we dip out of here? He sucks. He sucks? Okay. All right. He sucks. Yeah. All right. All right. Thanks, Bruce. Appreciate that. We're going to have to go. Thank you for sitting down this morning, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners for all these topics and more. Please check us out later on this afternoon. And I hope everyone has a great morning.